0: Prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: eighteen plus. It was, however, generally felt that though Mr. Slow was the slowest in his speech, Mr. Bidewhie was the longest in getting anything said. Mr. Slow would often beguile his time with unnecessary remarks, but Mr. Bidewhie was so constant in beguiling his time that men wondered how, in truth, he ever did anything at all of both of them it may be said that no men stood higher in their profession and that mr ball's suspicions had they been known in the neighbourhood of lincoln's inn would have been scouted as utterly baseless and for the comfort of my readers let me assure them that they were utterly baseless there might perhaps have been a little vanity about mr slow as to the names of his aristocratic clients but he was an honest, painstaking man, who had ever done his duty well by those who had employed him. Is it not remarkable that the common repute which we all give to attorneys in the general is exactly opposite to that which every man gives to his own attorney in particular? Whom does anybody trust so implicitly as he trusts his own attorney?" And yet is it not the case that the body of attorneys is supposed to be the most roguish body in existence? The old man seemed now to be a little fretful, and said something more about his sorrow at their having been sent into that room. "'We are so crowded,' he said, "'that we hardly know how to stir ourselves.' Miss Mackenzie said it did not signify in the least— Mr. Ball said nothing, but seated himself, with his chin again resting on his umbrella. "'I was so sorry to see in the papers an account of your brother's death,' said Mr. Slow. "'Yes, Mr. Slow, he has gone, and left a wife and very large family. "'I hope they are provided for, Miss Mackenzie.' "'No, indeed, they are not provided for at all.' My brother had not been fortunate in business. And yet he went into it with a large capital, with a large capital in such a business as that. John Ball, with his chin on the umbrella, said nothing. He said nothing, but he winced, as he thought whence the capital had come. And he thought, too, of those much-meaning words, Jonathan Ball to John Ball, Jr., deed of gift.' "'He had been unfortunate,' said Miss Mackenzie, in an apologetic tone. "'And what will you do about your loan?' said Mr. Slow, looking over to John Ball when he asked the question, as though inquiring whether all Miss Mackenzie's affairs were to be talked over openly in the presence of that gentleman. "'That was a gift,' said Miss Mackenzie, a deed of gift thought john ball to himself a deed of gift oh indeed then there's an end of that i suppose said mr slow exactly so i have been explaining to my cousin all about it i hope the firm will be able to pay my sister-in-law the interest on it but that does not seem sure i'm afraid i cannot help you there miss mackenzie of course, not. I was not thinking of it, but what I've come about is this Then she told Mr. Slow the whole of her project with reference to her fortune, how, on his deathbed, she had promised to give half of all that she had to her brother's wife and family, and how she had come there to him with her cousin in order that he might put her in the way of keeping her promise. Mr. Slow sat in silence, and patiently heard her to the end. She, finding herself thus encouraged to speak, expatiated on the solemnity of her promise, and declared that she could not be comfortable till she had done all that she had undertaken to perform. "'And I shall have quite enough for myself afterwards, Mr. Slow, quite enough.' Mr. Slow did not say a word till she had done— and even then he seemed to delay his speech. John Ball never raised his face from his umbrella, but sat looking at the lawyer, whom he still suspected of roguery. And if the lawyer were a rogue, what then about his cousin? It must not be supposed that he suspected her, but what would come of her if the fortune she held were, in truth, not her own?" I have told my cousin all about it, continued Margaret, and I believe that he thinks I am doing right. At any rate, I would do nothing without his knowing it. I think she is giving her sister-in-law too much, said John Ball. I am only doing what I promised, urged Margaret. I think that the money which she lent to the firm should at any rate be deducted, said John Ball, speaking this with a kind of proviso to himself, that the words so spoken were intended to be taken as having any meaning only on the presumption that that document which he had seen in the other room should turn out to be wholly inoperative and inefficient at the present moment. In answer to these side-questions or corollary points as to the deduction or non-deduction of the loan, Mr. Slow answered not a word. But when there was silence between them, he did make answer as to the original proposition. "'Miss Mackenzie,' he said, "'I think you had better postpone doing anything in this matter for the present.' "'Why postpone it?' said she. "'Your brother's death is very recent. It happened not above a fortnight since, I think.' and I want to have this settled at once, so that there shall be no distress. What's the good of waiting? Such things want thinking of, Miss Mackenzie. But I have thought of it. All I want now is to have it done.' A slight smile came across the puckered, grey face of the lawyer, as he felt the imperative nature of the instruction given to him. The lady had come there not to be advised but to have her work done for her out of hand. But the smile was very melancholy, and soon passed away. "'Is the widow in immediate distress?' asked Mr. Slow. Now the fact was that Miss Mackenzie herself had been in good funds, having had ready money in her hands from the time of her brother Walter's death, and for the last year she had by no means spent her full income.' She had therefore given her sister-in-law money, and had paid the small debts which had come in, as such small debts will come in, directly the dead man's body was underground. Nay, some had come in, and had been paid while the man was yet dying. She exclaimed, therefore, that her sister-in-law was not, absolutely, in immediate want. "'And does she keep the house?' asked the lawyer." "'Then Miss Mackenzie explained that Mrs. Tom intended, if possible, to keep the house and to take some lady in to lodge with her. "'Then there cannot be any immediate hurry,' urged the lawyer, "'and as the sum of money in question is large, I really think the matter should be considered. "'But Miss Mackenzie still pressed it. She was very anxious to make him understand,' and, of course, he did understand at once that she had no wish to hurry him in his work. All that she required of him was an assurance that he accepted her instructions, and that the thing should be done with not more than the ordinary amount of legal delay. "'You can pay her what you like, out of your own income,' said the lawyer. "'But that is not what I promised,' said Margaret Mackenzie." Then there was silence among them all. Mr. Ball had said very little, since he had been sitting in that room, and now it was not he who broke the silence. He was still thinking of that deed of gift, and wondering whether it had anything to do with Mr. Slow's unwillingness to undertake the commission which Margaret wished to give him. At last Mr. Slow got up from his chair and spoke as follows. Mr. Ball, I hope you will excuse me, but I have a word or two to say to Miss Mackenzie, which I had rather say to her alone. Certainly, said Mr. Ball, rising and preparing to go. You will wait for me, John, said Miss Mackenzie, asking this favour of him as though she were very anxious that he should grant it. Mr. Slow said that he might be closeted with Miss Mackenzie for some little time, perhaps for a quarter of an hour or twenty minutes. John Ball looked at his watch, and then at his cousin's face, and then promised that he would wait. Mr. Slow himself took him into the outer office, and then handed him a chair, but he observed that he was not allowed to go back into the waiting-room. There he waited for three-quarters of an hour, constantly looking at his watch, and thinking more and more about that deed of gift. Surely it must be the case that the document which he had seen had some reference to this great delay. At last he heard a door open, and a step along a passage, and then another door was opened, and Mr. Slow reappeared with Margaret Mackenzie behind him. John Ball's eyes immediately fell on his cousin's face, and he could see that it was very pale. The lawyers wore that smile which men put on when they wished to cover the disagreeable seriousness of the moment. "'Good-morning, Miss Mackenzie,' said he, pressing his client's hand. "'Good-morning, sir,' said she. The lawyer and Mr. Ball then touched each other's hands— and the former followed his cousin down the steps, out into the square. End of chapter 17